the Next Level Loan Officers podcast. To learn more about Next Level Loan Officers, go to becomenl.com. Hey, this is Frazier with Lead Pops and Next Level, and I'm proud to present this episode of the Next Level Loan Officers podcast. Lead Pops is the industry's only future-proof growth solution. You can check us out at leadpops.com. Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to the Next Level Loan Officers podcast for loan officers, by loan officers. I am here today with my main man, Kellen Vaughn, where we're going to share with you some end-of-the-year strategies to help you kick off the 2023 year the right way. What's up, KV? Well, listen, I know it's cold in East Texas this morning, (laughs) and you're struggling with your words here. Uh, We all are on this. uh, Listen, we're recording this. uh, It's uh, December 23rd. And, uh, you know, we're gearing up for a little bit of a holiday break here. But, man, what I want to touch on today, and uh, if you're in our – if you're in our community, then we kind of went over this last week. So you've got a head start. Uh, but if you're not in our community, here's a couple of things that um, three things. We're going to cover three things today, Kim, that every loan officer should be doing this time of year. Now, listen, if you're listening to this and it's not, you know, we're already into January, don't fret. You should still yeah. do this activity. The, this will still like... Can I get a show of hands from the audience, please, of how many people would love an extra one or two deals in the first quarter of next year? My hands up. Ken's yep. hands up. Uh, by the way, if you want to check us out on YouTube, you can watch us over there. You can see what we look like rather than just hear our voices. But Ken, let's get right into it, man. Yeah. This is going to be short and sweet, super tactical. Like sometimes we you know, prophesize about things and and we... Uh, give theories about things, but man, we're blocking and tackling today. Yeah. That's what we're, we're X's and O's yeah. on, so, on what these loan officers should do. So what we'll call it is three things for the end of the year. How about that? Yeah. So, and, 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 and jump starting your January, right? Jump starting the next, um, because here's the thing, man, like <clears throat> everybody's going to take a little time off this holiday season and, uh, and what better way to, do a couple of things now so that when you get back in the saddle in January, that you've got some things already in motion. Like, wouldn't that be a, wouldn't you, your future self, thank you for today for taking action on a couple of these things. So listen, and again, if you're listening to this and it's like January 15th and you're catching up on the podcast, you can still do these things, right? You can still execute these and you should, but, but Ken, let me just jump right into it. All right. Yeah, let's go. And, and, and I know you do these, so I, I need your commentary on a couple of these. So number one, the first thing you should do as a loan officer this time of year or at the end of the year, and I just did this last week, is pull your closed loan report for the year with the referring realtor attached to it. This is for a couple of reasons. One, we often, and Ken, you and I have talked about this all the time, man, sometimes you think as we're going through the year that realtor Becky is just, she's a rock star, man. She's just like your best referral partner. She's killing it. She's helping you out. She's putting food on your table. But by, when you get to the end of the year and you go back and you look at all the business you closed over the year and you realize that, man, realtor Becky is actually number five on the list of referral partners. And it wasn't that she was actually sending us that much business. 
It's that her business just took up a bunch of time, right? So her clients were, you know, took a lot of time, energy, and effort, but really somebody else referred us more business. So this is a really important data point to look at. And that actually has worked in reverse for me as well. Uh, when I pulled those lists over the years and go through and gone through it, I was like, oh my goodness. This agent who I didn't give a lot of attention to sent me more deals than some of my top producing agents. Um, blew my mind, you know, and, and, you know, and, and something else too, young agents, a lot of times when you're working with them, they'll send you everything that they have. Uh, they don't have a lot of business, but they're sending you a lot of times people that we just can't qualify. Yeah. And I think there's merit that we have to give to that because, you know, I like growing with young agents and really helping them. And when I have an agent giving me a hundred percent of all of their sure. referrals, man, sometimes I appreciate that relationship more than I do a relationship that's giving me half their business, right? And kind of spreads it out amongst other lenders or banks or, you know. Well, um, yeah, you you know, at some point that relationship could bear some really good fruit, right? Yes, and so you're, yeah. you're 100% correct on yeah. that. <clears throat> you know, and, I, and so I'll say this, right? So if you're, so again, sticking with this report, this is what we look at to see for the next year, how are we allocating marketing dollars? Right. If if you're in any kind of co-marketing relationship, uh, compliant co-marketing relationship with any of these um, realtors, how, what's your return on your investment based on what you got out this year? Now, you should be looking at that quarterly, but but at the end of the year, what does that look like? Do any agents that you didn't to Ken's point that you didn't think performed, but all of a sudden you look back and you're like, man, we really closed a lot of business, you know, from this person. And, and again, you can look at it, whatever is meaningful to you. Maybe it's units, maybe it's volume, maybe it's loan type, you know, whatever's important to you and your business, but it's just very, very good information to know. And listen, I'll, I'll add, I'll add two things real quick. And then Ken, I want you to chime in on this two things. I'll add, if you, if you're sitting here saying, I don't have access to that data, or I don't know how to pull that data, or I don't have a system that captures that data. My encouragement to you would be, this is like step number one. Like if you're going to be in this data business, you have to have a great ability to pull that data. If you need help with that, I would say jump in the next level community. We talk CRMs all of the time. In fact, January 17th, I believe we have a full CRM roundtable. You can check us out at becomenl.com. Just join the community, get in the conversation, and we can get that fixed for you for next year. Um, secondly, Ken, this is maybe the more important thing, is on this list, I would also include listing agents. Right. So how many deals go by where that listing agent doesn't get any love from the lender? Very often. Yeah. Very, Very often. Now, if you're in next level community, we talk about this all the time. So hopefully that's not the case, but listen, it happens. And again, this is why this data is important. So my team, we did this exercise about 10 days ago. We go through the list, we scrub it, we say, oh, well, agents. We're rock stars, which we're not. And then we go through the listing agents. Hey, we, we have them all in our database. These listing agents, did we connect with all of them? Did we got any business out of them? Where do they rank, et cetera, and so forth. So again, it's just a good like end of the year analysis. And it just really kind of resets our minds and gets us thinking right for 2023. Yeah. You know, I want to go back to something you said in regards to the referral partners that we work with and having maybe a financial um, marketing 
joint effort that you might be doing with someone. It reminded me of a story that um, I had with one of my top agents, man. Uh, His name was David. And David and I have been working with each other for many years. And, you know, I, I had to fire or terminate our agreement because it was working really, really well for him, but it wasn't working well for me. And so we had a Zillow partnership. And of course, like I said, I turned it off, I think about a year ago, and we had a hard conversation. I was pulling my numbers, Kellen, and he had, he and I had closed probably 16 to 20 deals together that year. Right. But, and, and, and I was paying a substantial amount of money on Zillow. Like, I'm embarrassed to even say how much it was, right? And uh, and I looked at and then I looked at David's production and said, "Hey, man, how many deals did you close from that from that you know from that marketing effort?" And it was ninety percent of his business. And dude, he had probably closed in upward of 70, 80 deals. Yep. And there was leakage there. I was like, "Bro, so year one, and this happened for three years, bro, and it just gradually got." a little bit worse, you know? And so he just wasn't doing a really good job of selling me. And I don't think that I never thought it was a, us not converting, you know, it was just, you know, he would say, well, a lot of these people already pre-qualified or they were cash buyers or whatever. Right. Sure. Yep. Yep. And, uh, and I just said, Hey man, like for what I'm paying, it was the last year I had broke even the previous year. It was, uh, I, I made a little bit, but not much. And you think, well, if they have enough organic business to make up the gap, then it's usually okay. But yeah. you don't know unless you go back and pull these types of reports and That's really right. look at the data and make a make a good determination if you need to eliminate that, uh, you know, that mark joint marketing effort. Yeah, you're right, and and I, you know, yes, and and I don't want to get into, I don't want to wade into the compliance waters here. Oh yeah, but I, yeah. I would tell any loan officer, and I, I'll in full disclosure. I will say that I do have some Zillow co-marketing relationships, um, but really on a quarterly basis, I'm sitting down with that agent and going, "Hey, is this still working for you? Is it still working for us? Or is is it you know, or, or is Zillow the only one winning in this situation?" So, you know, again, the data doesn't lie, and so I would just tell you that have accurate data. It'll save you. And it just makes, to your point, Ken, it just makes those conversations a lot easier because it's not, you know, I feel like, or I'm hurt or I'm this or I'm that. It's like, Hey, here's the numbers, right? This was a losing deal for us last year. And we're not going to go forward. We're not going to continue forward with that. Yeah. All right. So number one was closed loans and who were they referred by? Number two, KV. Number two. Okay. This may be, go ahead. No, go ahead. Loans submitted, but not closed. That's right. So this is your honey hole, right? And and you could expand this to say prequels done and not closed as well. But I'm gonna but I'm gonna save that one for number three and get back to that one in just a second. But we pull our list of loans submitted to underwriting that didn't close in fund. Now I pulled my list last week, early part of last week, I had 113 files in there. Okay. Not just mine. They were for my whole team. Now in this full disclosure, uh, some of those might've been TBD files that then came back with a contract. And so the loan number changed. Um, they could have been, uh, they, the, anyway, that, that's a good chunk of them. So let's just call it easy math. 75 of them went to underwriting, didn't come out for a variety of reasons. Now the, the, probably the reason that most didn't come out 
is because they withdrew, right? So they decided not to buy. And for whatever reason, right? Either they didn't want to bid over, you know, this may have been back in the early part of the year where that was still happening. They just couldn't find what they wanted or they just decided to rent. And so nonetheless, my team and I, we went through it and we color coded all of them as red being, hey, these were declined for whatever reason. Yellow being, you know, we don't think there's something there, but but maybe there is. And green being, yeah, these were actually decent buyers who went out and bought or went out and had the ability to buy, but just didn't for whatever reason. This also includes people, and Ken, this is an important, important one too, who may have bought with another lender, right? And that, and why is that important? Because most people listening yep. go, well, they've already bought. Well, there's a refinance opportunity there, right? If I know that that borrower made a purchase last in the last six months, what are the chances of their rates above 6%? 100%. 100%. <laughs> so if I know that, then wouldn't it be beneficial to me to add them to my list of people I'm constantly dripping on to be in front of so that when this market turns and refinances become an option, they would be somebody that we would want to connect with. Yep. Yep. You know, loan officers a lot of times want to hide. They don't want to look at that data because they don't want to start calling them people to hear that they went somewhere else. So that's a very good, um, very good advice to, to put them in a refinance opportunity. So, yeah, I mean, in most cases you probably have some kind of a relationship with them, right? At least you Mm talked to them on the phone or or somebody on your team did, you took an application from them and you had, heck you, you were far enough along that you submitted them to underwriting, right? Now, again, maybe they shopped it around. Maybe they didn't do something. Maybe they went with the builder lender. Maybe they, whatever the case is, you know, it's not, it, it's kind of like um, borrowers afraid to uh, let you pull their credit because they don't want to know the answer. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, but if we don't know the answer, if we don't know the truth, then there's nothing we can do about it. So yes, to your point, hey, let's just, let's just know where we are, where we are and then create strategies to uh, to go conquer that. Yeah, and this really moves us to number three that ties into number two. That's right. And that's sending that same list back to the agent. A thousand percent. I mean, this is probably, I saved it for number three, but it really probably is number one um, because this thing has so many legs to it. And, and I would add, in addition to the loans you submitted to underwriting that didn't make it through, those are the ones I really review with like my processors and everybody. But um, prequels that we completed that never converted, right? So what I do as an end of the year thing every year is I send this to um, I send this to my agents, right? And I and I just let them know that hey, I want you to know we're a great partner for you, and we track everything, including every referral that you've sent us all year long. And I'm hopeful that there's something in here that can spark a memory or a thought to get you know, that you might reach out to them, send an email, send a text message, find out where they're at. Most of the time, well, let me back up a hundred percent of the time. There's people on this list that the realtors have forgotten about. Right. Um, I mean, in truth, I've forgotten about some of them, but because they're in my system, I don't ever lose them. Most of the agents, most agents I work with don't have any type of robust CRM that they, that they're doing anything with. Yeah. 90, that's 95% of them. Right. So I am their CRM, right. And they love it. 
I mean, every year I, you know, my ones that have worked with free, Oh, are you going to be sending me that list again this year? You know, I'd, I'd really like to reach, you know, and right now, shoot, man, they are, they are looking for those deals. So, you know, they are, they are chomping at the bit to get that. And we're happy to share it. Right. I want to be that resource for them and and not every other agent or not every other loan officer is doing that. Yeah. I love that. I love that. That reminds me of another story where a realtor had sent me a borrower. Uh, They had some credit challenges. We couldn't, we couldn't help them, but we could help them in six months. And so I put a note in the CRM to alert my team to reach back out and pull a new credit. And we were able to get these people approved. And my team came and said, Hey, KT, do you want to call this? Do you want to call this realtor and tell them? I'm like, Oh yeah, let me call him. His name was Dave. And dude, Dave was like, had no idea who I was talking about. Six months later, he was like, what's the, I said, man, they're ready to write an offer to not Dave. So having a database to track this stuff is one of the most important things. Mm-hmm. And I think what's happened to a lot of loan officers over the last, you know, maybe not the last 12 months, but prior to that, we got somewhat content and lazy, um, you know, and it's, it's human nature to take low hanging fruit, but now we're, you know, we're in market, we're in a market where you have to be more strategic. You've got to get back to the basics. You've got to get back to things that, you know, made you successful years ago because there's a lot of originators out there that have done so well for so long and this year was the worst year they ever had and my encouragement to you is it's okay it's been like that for a lot of people right get back to the basics just because you have success in the past doesn't mean you can't have it in the future you can you just have to get back to basics crm database management it's a huge reminder to go in there and get that information and uh and and have that data and digest it or ingest it and communicate that out to your partners. Yeah, you're a hundred percent. And, and again, I'll, I'll go on to just add, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, man, I got nothing, right? Like I'm not set up in any way, shape or form. Um, you know, that, that's something that, that we can help with tremendously. Um, and again, I would say join the community, get into the conversation, become nl.com, join our CRM roundtable on January 17th. All we're doing at the roundtable is we've, you know, everybody uses a little different CRM. We've kind of identified the top five. We're going to basically kind of have a show and tell. It's going to be really cool. No agenda, no salespeople, no reps from any of these companies, just actual loan officers that use them on a daily basis. And you guys can decide which, you know, whatever one you want and what's most beneficial for you. I'm hoping to get out of it is a couple of cool new tactics and strategies that other people are doing. Right. So um, yeah, I, I agree with you, man. Data is is king and, and execution of that data, right? And that's where I would challenge most of you to say, listen, take some time, take some time this holiday season while it's a little quieter. If you don't have a CRM, man, now's a good time to get one, set it up, be fresh. I like to start th- like I'm a like I like to start things on Mondays. I like to start things on January first. Like it's just kind of a clean break for me mentally. So start that January first, man. Get that, you know, get that CRM in place. Yeah. I tell people all the time, KV, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king, you know, or woman is king, queen. And if you if you can see things that other people can't, you will win 100%. That's right. So, yeah, that's right. Um, I love it. Now, a lot of you guys, you can't see, you're probably driving down the road or you're listening to this, you know, from your phone, maybe sitting in your office. And you don't see us. I got one question for you, Kellen, before we end this podcast. Oh, dear. Is the K on your hat? Does, I mean, is that for is that for Kenneth? 
Is that what it's for? <laughs> it is. That's it correct. Is? Okay. I was just yes. making sure. Uh, yeah. No, it's Keller baseball, my friend. Keller oh, okay. Okay. baseball. Sorry to this point. People ask me all the time, is it for Kellen? Like I would wear my own initial on my hat and then said no. But if you are, if you live in my town and I wear this hat, you, you know what that means. Yeah. So. Keller, Texas. Gotcha. But, Thank you. Great yeah. question. Yeah. Uh, as Ken mentioned, if you want to watch us, you can always check us out on our YouTube channel at Next Level Loan Officers. You can see what we look like. Join us right here for the conversation. And like we mentioned, hey, if you want to come connect with us, check us out at becomenl.com. Come join our community. We have some really awesome loan officers that are hanging out in there um, and uh, a big part of our group. Also, we have our free webinar series uh, starting in January, every month in January on the, uh, I think, third Thursday of the month. So anyway, check out our, uh, just go to becomenl.com, get signed up. It's 197 bucks for the year. That's right. The year, you can get all of the information, be right there, and we'll hang out with you. Yep. Sounds Thanks, good. man. Great conversation. You yeah, guys man. take this, run with it. Make yeah. the end of the year productive. That's it. We'll see, we'll see you on the other side. All right. We'll see Thanks, you, KB. Everyone. See you guys.